I swear to God, I'm not as big an asshole as it sounds like. And Troy is here. Hey, I call them like I see them, all right? Look at it this way. It's the first thing we've done together as a team. I grab my dick, you grab your dick, you work my arm, I work your arm. Same time. Same time. It's like jerking off together, but not gay. We're not touching dicks. Each other's dicks, anyway. I'm touching my own dick. You're working it, and I'm loving it. Well, enough is enough, and it's time for The Rundown. What's up, you motherfuckers? It's the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, the intentionally offensive wrestling podcast. I am Jason. Troy is not here. He's on assignment. And by on assignment, I mean still feverishly jerking off to last night's edition of NXT. But unlike my first ever sexual encounter, I am not alone tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, Ginger is here. Ginger, what's up? That's an interesting introduction, but I'll take it. Um, nothing what's going on, dirtbags. Happy to be here, as usual. Mm-hmm. Ready okay. to talk about some wrestling. We have our typical stacked top perfect ten to come with uh, some very interesting things that happened on the Hershey Highway to WrestleMania. <laughs> but before we get to any of that, let's talk about some sexy women, because I didn't get enough of doing that on last night's NXT Revisited. So, for those of you who've been following our show, you're aware we are currently in the midst of the hottest woman in WWE tournament and it is March Madness, and we are bringing that flavor to the Rundown Wrestling Network. So, this week we started the very first matchups of the second round, and Ginger, I gotta tell you, this thing has blown up week by week. Every week our vote totals get higher and higher, the contests get harder and harder between the women. This has exceeded all expectations, I think, to this point. Absolutely, 100% agree. Um, saw the numbers today, and I was 100% shocked by the amount of votes that are going on continuously every day. Um, it's good. It, it's great for us, and you know I'm glad people are, you know, joining in on the voting. Uh, it's greatly appreciated by all, all the listeners and such. And you know, just you know, enjoy the sexy pictures that we post, and uh, keep on pushing that button to vote. Absolutely. And without much further ado, let's tell you who you guys prefer to jerk off to this week. (laughs) We kicked off the week last Thursday with our first second round matchup, pitting the beautiful Chelsea Green versus the F-A-B-U-L-O-U-S-1 Carmella. And with a total of 291 votes between them. Jesus. Winning by a margin of 64 to 35%. With 188 votes, the princess of Staten Island is moving on to the Sweet 16. Carmella, the first lady to enter the third round. Can I use, like, lady and enter at the same time without catching a case? I don't know. I'm curious. Anyway. I'm okay with it. <laughs> Question is, what's she? I'm sorry. Anyway, yeah. 
that leads us that leads us to our second contest, which was our Friday contest. And holy shit, uh, <laughs> this was this was for me at least the hardest matchup of the second round by far to pick a winner here. We had the beautiful Australian Tony Storm going head to head or muff to muff with the one and only Nikki Bella. And I love the comments. If you go to the Reddit page where Troy posts these, I love <laughs> some of the comments like, "You fucking hate Nikki, but she is the hotter one." Um, <laughs> so when I said our votes were blowing up, ladies and gentlemen, allow me to tell you this was our highest vote total contest of the tournament so far. And I say so far because the way things are going, who the fuck knows? But with a total amount of votes cast of 359. We're pushing up on 400 on some of these. This is ridiculous. Huge jump from last week. Absolutely. 249 votes to carry 69% of the total. Moving on, the woman from Gold Coast, Australia, Tony Storm, finds her spot in the third round of this tournament. I was, like I said, it was a little more lopsided than I thought it would be. I'm not, I'm not surprised Tony won, but I figured it would be a little bit closer because, I mean, some of the pictures you can find of Nikki Bella just on our website, much less the internet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but then again, Tony Storm, she might be a little bit of a creeper in this one. She might come out of this one pretty high in the voting aspect for people because this, I mean, this wasn't really a tough one for me. Because, I mean, I don't know, too much plastic is just ruins it for me, as I've said in previous podcasts. Oh, but, my goodness, Tony Storm, my God, what a piece of meat she is. Well, and I'm looking back here through these votes, and hold on, let me a second just to verify that what I think I'm about to say is actually true. Um, it looks to me... Like every woman on this list who has had a case of nude leaks has won their matchup. And Tony Storm, of course, recently had a series of nude leaks. Oh. Um, let me see. I was not aware of this. You didn't know Tony Storm had some nudes? Oh. Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to, yeah, just uh, give me a minute. Oh, well, it's like a. Like a I mentioned earlier, my first sexual encounter, I think Ginger's about two hours. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll give Ginger a couple minutes to clean up on Isle Him. And we're moving on to our next matchup in the second round. This was the, brought to you on Saturday. And looking at, the, looking at the thing right off the bat, I sort of had a feeling I knew where this one was going. The lovely goddess of WWE, Alexa Bliss, took on the woman with no knees, Tegan Knox. A total of 271 votes were cast, and I'm sure by nobody's surprise, 80% of the vote, 217 total votes. Miss Alexa Bliss not only hosting WrestleMania, but moving on to the third round of our hottest woman in WWE tournament. Now, I said Tony Storm and Nikki Bella was the toughest matchup for me personally. The next matchup was the one that I thought might be the toughest matchup for the voters to pick, because these girls are both... Sort of low-key freaks, you know. You, you get they they get some bodies that they hide them. They don't put them out there too much, but uh, they seem to get a lot of attention from the folks on the internet. It was on Sunday, Becky Lynch taking on Bailey, 
And we know how much the internet loves Becky Lynch, and they did not disappoint. 68% of the vote, 225 total votes for Becky Lynch, and another grand total of 328 votes cast in that matchup. Becky Lynch moves on to the third round. That brought us to another matchup that I just looking on paper, I was like, uh, this one is, uh, this one's pretty much, yeah. If it's the one that, yeah, I think this I, is going to be, yeah. Yeah, I think we knew which way this one was going right off the bat. But Stephanie McMahon found her way through the first round. Could she pull off the huge upset against Miss Zelina Vega? No, now, before you, oh, oh, whoa, 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 Sorry, whoa, 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 whoa. Earlier on one, on one of the previous votes, you had said this was the toughest one for you for people on the internet. This matchup was extremely difficult for me. Really? It, I literally kept going back and forth on the pictures on our website <clears throat> and for a good five to ten minutes just scrolling back and forth trying to figure out which one. I went Zelina Vega. I don't know. I don't know. Just I, I think it's her dark tan skin and she's uh yeah. Yeah. She's well, she's she got my vote. <clears throat> you went with Zelina Vega and so did the majority of our voters with a total of seventy two percent of the vote, one fifty seven. Wow. And in 218 total votes cast, Zelina Vega moves on to the third round. Now we get to our last matchup of the week. This one was on Tuesday. A battle of the bite-sized contestants, if you will. Casey Catanzaro takes on Zaya Brookside. And Zaya Brookside is, is one of my dark horse candidates here. This girl is a little, little, mm. little, little freak, little smoke show with a tiny little frame. And strange colored hair. And we've discussed it. I'm weird. It does it for me. Anyway... <laughs> This was, I believe this was our closest matchup of the second round. 55 to 44%, 103 people voting for your winner. Zaya Brookside moving on to the third round. Which brings us to this week's coming matchups. You can vote starting right the fuck now as we are in your ear holes. Go to rundownwrestling.com and vote for today's matchup on Thursday as we're recording this. It is Ruby Riot versus Killer Kelly. That one could go either way to me. That's a little bit. Killer Kelly had more support in that first round than I thought she would. Yeah, I was very shocked by the support. But, I mean, hey, we've had bigger upsets. That's true. We absolutely have. This one's going to be an interesting one to see because, uh, for me, not it's a foregone conclusion for me, but for our voters, you never know, as Dakota Kai takes on Miss Mandy Rose, God's greatest creation. I mean, for me, it's a no-brainer, but Dakota Kai has her supporters out there, and she is a yeah. very, very sexy woman. Also, <laughs> this is going to be an interesting one to me because this is sort of the veteran against the rookie, if you will. Mickey James. Takes on Tainara Conchi. And that's going to be a tough one to call. I don't know. Given, yeah. given how popular MILFs are, I think Mickey James might pull it off. But we'll see. Yeah. Next next matchup of our second round is going to see the lovely Liv Morgan. Uh, let's be honest. She's going to eliminate Isla Dawn. Liv Morgan's going to make it. But <laughs> that is a matchup you can vote for on Sunday. Monday, perhaps the most interesting matchup for me in terms of I don't know which way people are going to go. Candice LeRae versus Billy Kay. Sort of the matchup of the cute girl versus the sexy girl. And we're going to find out which way people vote on that. I'm very curious to see how that turns out. And up until recently, our highest vote-getter in any round, in any matchup in the first round, was Naomi. And she 
goes in, off in the second round against Nikki Cross. And she, she wants to play. Come on. Let's go, Nikki. Naomi wants to play. Anyway, we're going to find out who wins that one. Those are your matchups. You can start voting right now. Thursday, Ruby Riot, Killer Kelly. Friday, Dakota Kai, Mandy Rose. Saturday, Mickey James, Tainara Conchi. Sunday, Liv Morgan, Isla Dawn. Monday, Candice LeRae and Billy Kay. Tuesday, Naomi and Nikki Cross. And Wednesday, Spider-Man-style ropes of jizz hanging from my ceiling. That is the matchups for the second round. And we will have one more set of matchups. <laughs> you right? yeah. Oh, my God. And then we will have- <sighs> that caught me off guard. We will have one more week of second round matchups following that. And we'll get to those next week when we bring you the results. That is going to do it for this portion of the show. Put your boners away. It's time to talk some wrestling as we move to a little segment we like to call... The Perfect Ten! A ten! A ten! A fucking ten! All right, leading off this week, I'm just going to get this one out of the way because I don't know how much we're going to have to talk about this, but Troy put it on here, so let's respect his wishes. Troy is very sad because he will no longer on this Rundown podcast be able to make Lion King jokes. And the reason for that is that, as he likes to refer to him, Mufasa Ali is no more. R.I.P. Mustafa Ali. It is simply Ali, as he becomes the latest victim of that just psychopath that is just killing people's names in the WWE. And he's on an absolute killing spree lately. Just so many names have disappeared. Um... Hopefully, unlike some of them, Mustafa Ali doesn't disappear from television like his name did. <laughs> Ginger, I know you've been sort of critical of this uh, philosophy of, of the single name or dropping people's names while they're already well into their run. What did you think about this one? Um, I mean, if you're going to do it, do it when they first come into the company or the, the WWE brand, so to speak, from NXT or the Cruiserweight division or whatever. Don't do it after they just had a short run at the WWE Championship. Don't do that. It's pointless. Let them keep their names. Uh, another victim, uh, Andrade, gone. Like, it doesn't make any sense at all. Well, for All right, so the thing with Andrade, he, he was on the last pay-per-view. He's been in that program with the U.S. title mix. And he just doesn't have any plans for WrestleMania, so that he's not on TV right now because they're they're focusing on the WrestleMania matches. So I, that doesn't. I still think he's going to end up having a very nice run long term. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. He's gonna he's gonna have a nice run, but I mean, stop taking these guys' names, man. I know you're trying to market it and brand it and have it as your own, but like, how many one name people can you really have on your roster? Yeah, this one. Well, I can tell you one person. That this won't happen to, because I don't think they're going to start referring to Alistair as just black. I think that could cause. God, I, I, no. I, I... <laughs> no, this is uh this is probably going to be the weirdest one for me because all the other ones sort of, I could at least see why it made like Mustafa Ali sort of set apart his character. It made it sound different. Yep. He seemed different. He's a different kind of performer, um, and, and I thought it fit. Now he just sounds like the guy, you know, this. The guy that pops into your head when you think about who's working at the convenience store, and I don't mean that as a racial thing, don't at me. I'm just saying that that's what pops into people's minds uh, yep. when they hear Ali, and it's it takes a lot of the specialness away from him in a way I don't understand. But 
it's what they do. They're big into marketing, and I guess they think their their fan base is too dumb to remember two names, apparently. And I, I sort of also don't like that vibe that you know what they say, the sort of what they're telling us they think about us when they do shit like this. But that's just me, and you know. Yeah, and and I mean, I believe in our uh, group conversation. Somebody brought up the fact that when you looked up Mustafa Ali, it brought you to the WWE website. That was yeah. the top thing on on Google. Yeah. Now, if you search Ali, you're going to get that Will Smith movie. Yep. Or it's, any of, or any of Muhammad Ali. Uh, yeah, Muhammad Ali. So it doesn't make any sense unless they're somehow going to trademark Ali, which I don't think they're going to be able to because of that movie. And I think Muhammad Ali has some interference with that. I think I don't take my word on it, but it's just, it, uh, it's just so frustrating. Yeah, it's dumb. Anyway. <laughs> Ginger, I need you to do me a favor. What's up? Hold your shock. But the Raw Tag Team Champions lost again. Oh. That's right, because on Monday night, the Revival lost to Ricochet and Aleister Black. And, of course, those kinds of losses are not done without a purpose, because when it comes to WrestleMania, they're not on the card. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, again, WWE continues the point of being completely unable to build a contender or program with a contender without having them pin the champion because no champions are fucking special <sighs> ginger your thoughts oh my god i'm literally face palming right now it's just ridiculous if you're gonna like i don't know if it's because i there was rumor that they wanted to be let go and released from their contracts and WWE supposedly said, Oh, give us, give us a month or a couple months and we'll take care of it Threw the straps right on them. And now they're like almost making them suffer by making them job. I know wins and losses don't really matter, but when you're the tag team champions and you're jobbing every week, especially to a new tag team, no offense to Ricochet and Alistair Black, they're great competitors, but when you continue to job, and job, and job as a tag team champions. It is so frustrating because you are taking so much prestige off of those championships, and they are going to make mean absolutely dog shit. And it is absolutely frustrating. Uh, I I would argue those championships haven't had prestige since they got turned into pennies. Uh, No, um, no. The bar made those championships pretty good when they were feuding with um, Rollins and Ambrose. That was a good feud. It it was good. Sure. I mean, the thing is, is you have, you have some of the best collection of tag teams that I can remember at one time (laughs) in WWE history right now. When you factor in the New Day and the Usos and Sanity and the Revival and the Basically since... Edge and Christian, the Dudleys, the Hardys, Too Cool, all those guys were in there. And then after all those guys were gone, tag team division went to shit. They finally built it back up to what it is. They're going to turn it into shit. Those titles meant nothing after Braun Strowman won them last year's Mania with Nicholas. Yeah. Absolute made it shit. Yep. And Vince doesn't get tag team wrestling. It's not his thing. It never really has been. There were times where they pretty much abolished tag team wrestling altogether in the company and put the titles into sort of hiatus. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just doesn't make sense. There's clearly an appetite for them. 
you look at one of the hottest things in wrestling right now is the Young Bucks. Tag Team Wrestling and the Lucha Brothers and LAX. Tag Team Wrestling is hot as hell everywhere else in the entire wrestling world except in WWE. And it's not for any reason other than Vince McMahon personally doesn't get it. And this is, to me, the biggest detriment this company has is that repeatedly they take a look at the wrestling landscape and see what's popular, and Vince just goes, eh, fuck it, I don't like it, so I'm not going to do it. That's cutting off your nose to spite your face. That's like saying, I run an ice cream shop, and I only like Rocky Road, so that's the only fucking flavor I'm going to serve at an ice cream shop. Guess what? I'm going to be out of business Road? really fucking soon. Yep. It's just an idiotic philosophy to run your company that way. I mean, he's had success because... He's pumped a lot of money into it, and, and he's he is smart in a lot of ways. I just think this is a bad way to do things. The wrestling fan base is clearly clamoring and hot for tag team wrestling right now in a way similar to when they were hot for women's wrestling a few years ago, and they actually finally drag, were dragged kicking and screaming into the women's revolution, and I think Vince still tries to fight it quite a bit. Oh, uh, yeah. But I guess they need Stephanie and Triple H to really get on board with tag team wrestling. Well, I mean, if you're waiting for I, that, I point you to this year's Dusty Rhodes Classic, where a non-tag team won, and that's booked by Triple H. So I don't expect any changes anytime soon. But to your point, yes, it was two singles competitors, but it's still a tag team tournament. So at least they're giving them that to keep it okay. alive. Ginger, Ginger, I, I, I don't know if you caught last night's NXT, right? So let me give you the same rundown I gave on that show last night. Oh, I listened to your episode last night. Four, four years they've done this. Two years uh-huh. it was a non-tag team, and one uh-huh. year it was a tag team that wasn't in the fucking tournament. So, uh. in the four years, this prestigious tournament has been won by exactly one legitimate tag team. Don't get me wrong, it, it is frustrating. Of course it is. Of course it's frustrating, but... Well, it's frustrating, it's frustrating and it's poor business, because what yeah. it has done has allowed a team like the Young Bucks to go elsewhere, make tag team wrestling a focus, and take away fans that like that from WWE. Uh, back to your point, Vince doesn't like it. Which, I don't understand why he doesn't like it. Uh, I don't know if it's because he doesn't want to pay four guys instead of just two, or but I mean, they're getting paid regardless, yeah. I believe, right? Yeah. Correct? Yep. Okay, so yeah. I don't know. He's just, he's not being smart about it because once Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson came in, the whole landscape changed almost immediately. Yeah. Everybody stepped up the tag team, uh, tag team division and the way they did things and it was looking good. And now we're just going right back down to the fucking basement. Yeah. And uh, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson found that basement this week, but we'll talk about that in just a little while. What I want to talk about right now is the Kurt Angle retirement tour, because it rolled on this week with two matches, one against Samoa Joe, one against AJ Styles. So let's just really quickly sort of throw out the AJ Styles one, because there was a couple of quick submissions, and then Randy Orton just came in and RKO'd him. So it was almost like they admitted that, listen, we know you can't hang with AJ. We're going to pop. We're going to advertise this match for a little bit of ratings pop, maybe, and we're going to get you out of there quickly. Um so I, I almost just sort of throw that one out. So what I want to talk about is the match on Raw against Samoa Joe. Um, it was sort of sad watching that match in a way. Um, because I remember the electricity between Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle and TNA and that he- first headbutt, the first contact they ever oh, had. Oh, the yes. And, and it, also, did you notice that 
they faced off, and Smojo hit him with a headbutt. Yes, I love that. I did love that little touch. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, after that headbutt, it was just sort of all downhill from there. Just <sighs> Kurt, Kurt is... He's old. He's beat up. His body is so fucking yeah. sore. He's so stiff. Like when um, Joe had him in the corner at one point, and Joe's like pushing on his face, and like Kurt can't even bend his neck backwards. Ginger, Ginger. The second move of the match after the headbutt was a vertical suplex where Kurt couldn't get over and almost landed on the top of his fucking head. Oh yeah. I mean, it was it, awful. It was scary to watch. Like I. <sighs> I don't want uh, for everyone bitching about the fact that it's Baron Corbin at WrestleMania and not some epic iconic match. I don't. I, I've sort of come to the realization that Kurt can't handle that type of match at this point. I don't think he can go out there and do it. And it's it pains me to say it. And it seems to have gotten to him very fucking quickly because he was doing really good quality work in TNA yes. right up till the end. And he came back to WWE. He took about a year between TNA and WWE and. He just never looked the same again. I, I I don't know what happened in that year that he was off, but uh, um, if I may, uh, WrestleMania with the tag team match with Ronda, I thought he looked pretty good in that match. Yeah, but, but was... since then, it's kind of like back to your point. It's it's kind of he's just slowing down, and I think he realized that, and that's why he's making this match at WrestleMania his last match because he doesn't want to continue or not not ruin his legacy but damper it a bit well the uh the the germans against joe were just really sad like he couldn't even get joe up joe was clearly just doing all the work there oh god he landed on his he planted him on his shoulder the biggest part of this like kurt had to beat joe like your united states champion had to lose to this guy who's clearly a burnt out shell of what he used to be I mean, give it to him, unless they're going to make him job at Mania. Oh, I almost guarantee that's what's going to happen at Mania. Like, he's I gonna, really hope not. You think they're going to give, give, give the guy give the guy a victory? Listen, I, my my formula for this is always the same thing. Who's going to be on Raw on Monday? Oh, I don't fucking know. Baron Corbin is. Oh, oh Kurt Angle yeah. is not. So yeah. a win serves no purpose for Kurt Angle, but it can be a giant leaping stone for Baron Corbin to say I was the guy that retired Kurt Angle. It's something I don't think I don't think people will buy it. I mean, personally, I can't fucking stand Baron Corbin. I never have. But this will get him next... even more heat, and that's what Vince is looking for. It's yes, the same, it's the same recipe by which everyone loses in their fucking hometown. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I hope they don't make him job. I hope they make it a two second, and then. The next night on Mania, uh, Raw after Mania, um, then they do something with Baron. If he shows a good, has a good match with Kurt, you know, because don't don't make Kurt do it. Don't make Kurt do the job. I mean, to your point, yes, he is slow. He is beat up. He's he's slow. Still, give the guy the Mania match win. That's that's my Ginger. Ginger, you've been in this business a long time. You know how it works. You go out oh, yeah. back. Oh, I know. It is. I know. It's, it's what's going to happen. I'd be shocked if anything else happens. But one thing that does not shock me is that the WWE continues to remind us that they don't give a shit about the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal because this Monday on Raw, we found out that the worst booked WrestleMania person of all time, Braun Strowman, will be in the. We already knew he would be in the Androphy, but this year. He's not coming alone. No, no. 
He's bringing Michael Che and Colin Jost into active competition. That's right. The Saturday Night Live guys will be competing in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Now, for those of you scoring at home, that means that Michael Che and Colin Jost have more matches at WrestleMania than Asuka does this year. <laughs> or and the Raw Tag Team Champions. Or the Raw Tag Team Champions. Or Mustafa Ali. Or the Usos. Or you, well, you mean Ali. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Um, or Andrade. <sighs> or Ali. Like I said, I, I still... I, I don't think they're just going to have Ray and Joe at Mania. I, they got to flip that. they got to do yeah. something with that. Not saying that it won't be entertaining, because I think it will be, but I think they'll end up changing that to a, a, a six-pack or a ladder match or something. Maybe. There's, there's I don't no, know. There's no time to do anything like that. I mean, we're at the go-home this week, so I don't know. Um, the one thing that I... Maybe in my sick, my sick like fantasy booking world of wrestling, as I watch these last two episodes of SmackDown, and they do like promos backstage with Ray and Dominic's there with them, and I, out of nowhere, Dominic's had no involvement to this point. All of a sudden, he's the mouthpiece for Ray Mysterio. I don't get that. But my dream scenario is a WrestleMania Ray's about to win the title. Dominic fucking slams him in the back of the chair, and so that's for putting me on the line in a ladder match. Fuck yes. <laughs> Oh, man, talk about a fucking swerve. That would be awesome. But, you know, to your point on that, um, I mean, they're just trying to push the family gimmick with Joe again because, you know, that's what's going to happen. It's the same thing they did with AJ and his wife and Joe. Yeah, my only problem is that that you're pretty much doing that same thing with Miz and Shane McMahon now. Uh, Kind of, but... That's his dad versus his kid. I mean, a little bit of a difference there. I don't know. It's uh, That's just me, but yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, oh, God, fucking back to back to our original point. SNL guys, dude, fuck that. I was waiting for the Hollywood act to be you know, put into a mania spot. Who the fuck are these guys? Okay, so here's where I'm going to play devil's advocate, though, Ginger. And people say this is like an indictment of Braun Strowman. But to me, it, it, you got to look at the and, – and it is an indictment of Braun Strowman if you're looking at it from the perspective of a wrestling fan in 2019. Okay. If you're looking at it from the perspective of Vince McMahon, these are the guys that are going to go on national broadcast television on Saturday night and talk – live to a national prime like not prime time but huge audience about the fact that they're going to be on wrestlemania this coming weekend and maybe i wouldn't shock me if Strowman makes an appearance on saturday night live yeah, I, could, I could see that so for vince this is a huge spot to put Strowman in because he's becoming the face of the company on this national broadcast program designed to bring in you know the fringe viewing audience that doesn't necessarily watch the product week to week so this is showing vince has a ton of trust in the character work that Braun Strowman does. Again, we we can look at it from the wrestling perspective, and that's mostly what we tend to do, but if you look at it from the business perspective, it does make some sense. As much as I hate it as a wrestling purist, I can understand it. I mean, doesn't everybody as a wrestling purist and the the love of the business hate this whole thing? Look at the Hall of Fame, uh, the celebrity wing. Everybody fucking shits on it every year. Nobody wants celebrities in wrestling. 
Vince doesn't give a shit. He's getting his free fucking publicity off of it. All the power to him. But get some better people, man. Well, like, I mean, again, uh, you, the thing you got to remember, and, and I sometimes fall guilty to this too, is that uh, because they're not people you're a fan of, doesn't mean they're not popular. And I, I don't even know. I don't even know who the hell they were. They, they do the like in update. general. They do the weekend update on Saturday Night, which is the most popular segment on the show. They are fairly popular, well-known comedians. Although I would think comedians would be funnier because. The funniest joke they came up with was putting on a Yankees hat while they were in Boston. Which was, uh, it's fucking stupid. It was cheap heat. Yeah. Um, but in any event, it's going to happen. The only real question at this point is, does one of them win the fucking Battle Royal? I fucking, dude. I still I, hope so. Let's go full bullshit on this. Like, we that fucking trophy is useless anyway. It's never really done anything for anybody. And there's no real stakes attached to it. So let's fucking completely sell out and let's have them fucking win the thing. Well, let's sell, I mean, let's sell out the if we're gonna if we're gonna hint around selling out the business. Let's just fucking sell the whole thing out wholesale. Come oh on. Jesus Christ! At this point, Disney's gonna own them next week because they're buying everybody else. Yeah. Um, and then of course Iron Man will show up on Raw. Oh, I'm I'm actually okay with that. It'll be RoboCop from WCW all over again. Oh Jesus, not that bad. <laughs> okay, <laughs> um, God, sorry. Uh, good God, give Bron something. For fuck's sake, last year you have him win the tag team championship with the fucking little kid. This point. year, I would argue this is a huge something in Vince's eyes. Yes, in his eyes, but and that's all is he cares it, about. Yes, I, I understand, but they're on this whole. Oh, we're listening to the fans. Did they? If they really listened to the fans, they would see here. Nobody gives a shit about this. Honestly, this might. This Androphy, as we like to say, is going to be fucking awful. Who else is in that match? Uh, is it just yeah. going to be a triple threat Androphy? No, no. I, I imagine <laughs> you're going to see all the Kevin Owens. That's another fucking name that, by the way, Michael Che and Colin Jones currently have more WrestleMania matches scheduled than Kevin Owens. Um, fucking ridiculous. But, yeah, I'm sure you'll see guys like that. You'll see Ali in there. You'll see Andrade. You'll see... Probably some God. NXT guys. You'll see. There'll be all sorts of. Maybe the revival gets in there. Maybe that's how they get on the show. The Usos. Um, I don't know. Is there, any, is there any team that gets screwed more? Is there anybody that's gotten consistently screwed more at WrestleMania than the Usos? It was last year was the first time they were on the main show, and now this year they're back to being off again, despite being in one of the better runs of their entire career the last few years. Poor guy. Is it? Is it fair? Um. No. But who knows? I mean, uh, we got we we still have two more go home shows, so they could put uh, New Day, uh, Xavier and Big E against them. That's always a highlight match of every single pay per view that yeah. they've been on. Well, they were sort of hinting around the Hardys and, and the the Usos, and I sort of wonder if that's why the Hardys were kept out of the tag team gauntlet this week. But I don't know. No, uh, maybe, maybe they're gonna throw it into another uh, ladder match again. Yeah, maybe throw the Hardys in there. The Hardys have to take a loss before WrestleMania. Maybe that's why they were kept out of it. I don't know. Yeah, anyway, that would make some sense. Yeah. Anyway, uh, how are you? How do you feel about WWE's version of Kenny? Of who? Kenny. Not Kenny. Omega. Not Omega. Because. Ken- Dean Ambrose is now officially Kenny from South Park because he, oh, Jesus, he just gets killed every week. Uh, I had no idea where you were going with that. So, 
For those of you who didn't catch it, Drew McIntyre murdered Dean Ambrose again this week. This is like the fourth time he's done this now. Um, sign that fucking contract, Dean, because goddamn, they're going to kill you before on your way out. You know what? Okay, so I'm throwing this out there right now. I think you already fucking signed. That's been brought up. Sal's a believer of that. One of our, our big sponsors and supporters, Mike Smathers, has said that several times. Um, I, I, I think there's definitely a chance that that's true. I, I do think it started as a shoot, and maybe they worked themselves into a shoot with it. I don't know. Um, no, I, I think what they're trying to do is everybody knows that if you don't re-sign, you're jobbing. That's why they put it out there, and they're like, all right, you're going to be jobbing for fucking but, what, what, two, two, three months. So put it out there, make them job, and then give them a huge storyline right after Mania when everybody's like, oh, he's done. Possibly. Surprise the shit out of, everybody, out of everybody. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, the other side of it is, if he is on his way out, he's got sort of name recognition as a top guy in the company. Oh, yeah. So use that to put over guys who are going to be your next top guys, even if he is legitimately leaving. So it could go either way. Who the hell knows? We'll see. I'm not going to miss him either way. Uh, what did you think of this match? Um, <laughs> was... <laughs> I'm not did you Ambrose say you don't guy. give a fuck? I'm not an Ambrose guy. Never have Okay. Been. I... The one thing that made me not like him was that fucking rebound clothesline on the fucking ropes. See, that that's that's something that's annoying, but the thing that, the thing that made me not like him, Ginger, remind me of the last Dean Ambrose feud that didn't disappoint ultimately. Kevin Owens. Well, is that his fault? Brock Lesnar. Well, so let me let me run through this list. Brock Lesnar storyline disappointment. Uh, well, well, hold on. Sorry, this uh, the the storyline was a disappointment, or the match was a disappointment the, the, because it's too ultimately too at the end when you look back on the whole of the thing, the match included overall, it's a disappointment. Okay, I loved that fucking sneak attack in the parking lot. I thought that was sure. fucking amazing. Sure, that was great. I thought it was the build up. That's the thing. Every now and then. Dean Ambrose will tickle your balls, and he'll make you think he's going to make you come, but he'll leave you with blue balls in the end. Is ultimately that's the best scenario I can. That's the best description I can give you. Let me finish running through my list, though. Okay. Okay. Kevin Owens program, fucking yes, this is going to be disappointing. All right. Well, I don't even remember it. That's how good it was. Well, for the Intercontinental Title. Well, he okay. So so he wins the title. Seth wins the title. Now he's going to feud with Seth. Okay. That's when we got the... Oh, yes, okay, all right. Big crazy hat, Uncle Dean, showed up around that time. Uh, Ultimately very disappointing. Uh, Bray Wyatt, that's when we got the hologram and the kids and the creepy shit. Oh, my God. Totally disappointing. Um, Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho and Dean Ambrose. This is going to be great. Two guys that can work the mic, that can tell a story. That that, that ended up being about a potted plant. I didn't mind. That that wasn't awful. And they they had zero fucking chemistry in the ring. Zero. Those matches in ring were fucking awful to watch. The payoff was interesting. Terrible. Awful, awful, awful. Yeah. Then they give him this heel turn. And the entire world's like, all right, cool. Fucking heel Dean Ambrose. Disappointing. Tell me the last time Dean didn't disappoint. The guy is a consistent, chronic disappointer. Um... And if he stays, the last, if he stays great. If he stays great, fine. Whatever, we'll find something for him to do. And, and he'll he'll use his name recognition and the fact that he's over with some of the fans. It'll be fine. But 
if he leaves, I really don't envision anybody missing him, ultimately. And that's the mark. That That's the thing. Like, <clears throat> CM Punk left. It's this day. They still chant CM Punk at arenas. Oh, and, fuck him. By the way, fuck CM Punk. I'm, I'm glad you're on the play. You're on my, uh, oh, my team. Oh, fuck now. him. What a piece of <laughs> shit that guy we, we, is. We can have that talk later because we have that pl- yep. talk plenty on this show. Yeah. But, uh, but to me, like, at least the fans still remember and care. If Dean Ambrose left tomorrow, nobody fucking remembers him in a week. He's completely forgotten. Guaranteed. Uh, to to answer your question, the last entertaining uh, storyline, I, I, and this popped in my head after a couple of seconds, uh, Ambrose and AJ, I think they had some pretty good matches for the WWE Championship. Um, uh, I don't know that, if that... That one match they had where AJ won, it was, was a tremendous match. Mm-hmm. Um, the storyline got hokey with Crazy Uncle Dean again, getting Ellsworth involved. It was a, a fucking the whole storyline was ultimately, again, disappointing. But that's not his fault. That's fucking, that's the writers, man. You can't blame it all on Dean. You can't say, oh, he's bringing in Ellsworth and all that shit. It's, he, he has you know to what? do what they want him to do. You know what, Ginger? Chris Jericho has gotten some shitty fucking gimmicks. And he's gotten them fucking over every goddamn time. Whether, yes, but Chris Jericho has also been wrestling fucking, for like, what, 25 years? Go get a fucking <laughs> scarf over. Go get a fucking clipboard over. Go get a fucking, but go throw temper tantrums in WCW. Got it, it over. Fucking, okay, with your clipboard and the scarf and everything, if you're going to bring that up, that's because Chris has been, that, that's towards the end of his WWE run. Everybody was eating up whatever the fuck he did. It didn't matter. He could have gotten over a fucking uh, toenail, for God's sakes. He's got no. What has he not gotten over? That's, but that's what I mean, though. That's Chris Jericho. Now, if you want to bring back the man of a thousand and two holds, yes, that's a that that was fucking fantastic, yeah. and people still talk about that every day. Right. Dean has been around how long for a, a, on a main stage company? How long has he been around? Seven years. Six or seven, something. Six like that. or seven. Okay. You can't compare him to Chris Jericho with that. You can. In six or seven years, what has he gotten over on his own, yeah. not counting the Shield? Um, because every member of the Shield has been more successful on their own than he was. He has been. Yeah. Every single yeah. one. No, I, 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 I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. But he's so does that thing over on his own? The only thing he's been involved in that's gotten over was when Seth and Roman carried it. Okay, so. Does that mean that he needs to be in a tag team? Because when him and him and Seth were running the tag team championships, those matches were awesome. But that was the Shield. It wasn't technically the Shield, though. Oh, you're it was about just before this last run. The when when they were going with the bar, when they were going at it with the bar I, I the for bar. the Raw Tag Team Championships. Yeah, the bar has great matches with everybody. Yeah, but those matches were and really good. They were, but a lot of that was Seth and Cesaro, and like the the moments where Dean was in there, I was like, eh. No, oh, he's not yeah. memorable. There's but that's what I mean. That, that, but that's that, that's the point I'm trying to say. Does he need to be in a tag team for him to be valuable? But but, but that um, that speaks to my point. If that's what it requires, then he's disappointing. Are you calling me disappointing? If you have to sit. You put those words out there. I'm not no, if you have to put a guy who's who's at one time a former heavyweight champion, and you have to stick him in a tag team to make him interesting. You're making my point. 
But no, but that's the thing. If that's what you're gonna do, that's what you're gonna do. You've obviously failed at trying to put him over as. But 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 to my point. No no, I, I get I get you. If that guy leaves, does anyone give a shit? If that's what you have to do to hide him. Um, people will because he's gone. That's he, the only reason. He'll, he'll be gone two weeks, and no one will give a shit anymore. People oh, no. will people will have completely forgotten he existed. Unless he does it in a the only reason people will exi- will remember him is because they will show highlights of the shield, and then they'll be like, what "The fuck happened to that third guy?" Um, oh, he's, he's doing uh, fucking barbed wire light tube fuckery matches on AEW. I think <laughs> yeah, that'll be it. I uh, I mean it's that yeah you 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 do but you make a very valid points with it. And that's why I'm like stuttering as a talk. But <laughs> um, uh, he's 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 had his up and downs. Um, when were the ups? I must have missed those. <laughs> with him and AJ. Oh yeah, I, in, in that it was the, a ladder uh, match on, and he climbed up the ladder. Yeah. Okay, so ba- uh, the the Lesnar thing, I think uh, the rumor that one's not I, entirely uh, his fault. I, I'll I will grant you that. Yes. But again, I think other, that could have been amazing. Cause, okay, but uh, other, uh, Ginger, other fucking people have gotten in the ring with Lesnar who didn't want to do shit, and they've made it more compelling than he did. Well, it's because they take 50,000 fucking suplexes, and then, then he takes that. a couple things, and then that's it. Then fucking do that. <sighs> Daniel Bryan's match with Lesnar was a million times more compelling than, than Dean Ambrose's. AJ, same thing. I think that was all Brock. I think Brock just didn't want to be involved with that. Because uh, I don't think he doesn't want to be involved can... in anything. What was the last match yes. he had that went? Yes. But well, hold on. I know. I know. This I've, is, this get, is what get, Sal does. Yes. We make excuses for Dean Ambrose. I'm like, not making. I'm not making an excuse on that. Else's fault that his programs fail. On that program, I think that was Brock. I agree with you on all the other ones. Okay. But 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 Ginger, here's the thing. Okay, if your kid fails. Every fucking test he's taking. Every single fucking time. I'm a whoop his ass. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, just kidding. But some other kid fails too. Does that mean your kid was better or that he just sucked? Like, If he gets a higher grade, then yeah. A failure, if he, a failure. If, it doesn't fucking if the matter. Other kid, if the, well, if the other kid got a 25 and my kid got a 55, my kid's doing a little bit better. Yes, it's still failing, but it's a little bit better. He's a, he, and trust me, I am not going to be one of those parents that make excuses for my kid. Yeah, you're making excuses for Dean Ambrose right now, my man. You're not the first. Dean one. Ambrose Sal, ain't my kid. Sal, Sal spent <laughs> I didn't a lot raise of time. Dean Sal spent a lot of time on this show doing the same thing, and eventually, I think we finally got him to the realization. But it's it's strange. It's oh, strange trust me, phenomenon. I get it. Everybody uh, wants. I to agree, hundred percent. Dean Ambrose. Everybody wants to give him a pass. And make it, well, you know, it's the writing. Well, you know, it's Lesnar. Well, you know, Jericho is older. Well, you know, it's always <laughs> Will You Know. You might as well call him Dean Will You Know Ambrose, because it's always fucking somebody else's <laughs> fault. When, 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 when the opponent varies, when the writers vary, when the brand varies, and the one constant is always disappointing, guess what? You look at the one constant thing. So... If is everything the story... else changes, but one thing stays the same and the result is always the same, the one thing that stayed the same is probably the fault, the reason. Oh, yeah. 
Or they're just dog fucking them. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you 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 gotta look at it this way, right? Too also. She doesn't write the end of the storylines. No. Like that whole thing with Seth and the Hell in a Cell. Dude, have you ever listened to oh, me? I don't give a God. fuck about wins or losses. Oh no, I don't either. It doesn't, I don't it doesn't either. matter to me. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about how he performs in those scenarios. Again, plenty of guys have been saddled with fucking silly, goofy horseshit and made it work. Yeah. He's never been able to make it work. Because maybe he just needs a complete uh, 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 rebrand. They tried that. Therapy. That's what they tried with Seth with the heel turn. He couldn't but that worked. Either. No, it didn't. Oh, come on. You're telling me Seth Ro- wait, 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 wait. What? Who didn't it work for? Dean? Yes. Oh, yeah. Air no, no, no. I mean, my man. I'm talking about a complete repackage. That's what air horns and gas masks was. That was his complete repackage. <sighs> I, I, yeah. Yeah, they did give him new music and everything, but like. And, that, and, that, and, and what was the end result with that? It fucking disappointed. He dropped the IC title and they went running back to the shield because that's the only time he's ever gotten over. People talk yeah. about Roman not getting over. Roman's been over since day fucking one. If yep. they're booing him out of a building, guess what? That motherfucker's over. He's over. And it's when they don't a give a shit about you. It's when they don't give a shit about you that you're not over. And nobody gives a shit about Dean Ambrose. They did when he returned yeah. from injury. That was about it. And it lasted a couple weeks. And then they were fucking done with him. Yeah. I mean... So... I did not expect this to turn into a full-blown Dean Ambrose debate, but I'm I'm, I'm kind of digging it. I get fired up. Yeah. Um, How many times has Dean been injured uh, on his WWE run? I mean, a lot. Okay. I think I brought this up on this podcast. I can't remember or not. When guys get injured, it fucking kills them. And especially if you're getting injured. How many times has Seth Rollins been injured? Uh, twice. How many times has Kevin Owens been injured? How many times has Roman Reigns been injured? How many times was Chris Jericho injured? How many times has Triple H been injured? Finn, uh, I mean, we okay, can keep okay, going. Okay. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> Look at Finn Balor. After he fucked his shoulder up, when he came back, he didn't like at first when he first came back. He's still over. No, no. Listen, listen, listen. When he first came back. Yay, yay. And then he, it kind of dwindled for mm. Finn. No. Uh, d- yes. You are, you dude, cannot... you are 100% proving my point. Finn has oh. been the victim of shitty writing in the same way Ambrose has, but Finn, through, the, through whatever charisma, connection he has, whatever it is, he has stayed over with the fans. That's why he's getting those second and third chances. Maybe it's the fact that he has that, that demon character that he can always call on for a little extra heat and pop. I don't know. But the fact is, despite the shitty writing, the same shitty writing that is quote-unquote fucked over Dean Ambrose, Finn Balor has stayed relevant and stayed popular while Dean has not. I hear you. And why do you think he didn't have a very long WWE Championship run? I, I'm aware. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Because like he had the good, I think his, his only... Good run was, but this is the thing, like AJ. That's that's the fucking thing with Dean is like they continue to try things with him, and he continues to fail to achieve anything with them. The WWE title, the Intercontinental title, the heel turn, 
everything. Whatever they've tried with him. They've given him stuff. They've given him high-profile stuff. Hasn't worked. And if it consistently doesn't work, ultimately that falls on the performer. Yeah. And again, I continue to maintain, if he leaves next week, <laughs> two weeks later, I got nobody fucking remembers him. Nobody fucking remembers him. Yeah, so uh, Drew McIntyre kicked the shit out of him. I think we've talked enough about Beat that. Beat the point. fuck out of him. <laughs> Jesus. The only, the only part I even think that, well, first off, it's like the last man standing match, and he won with a Claymore. That seems like sort of an anticlimactic. Oh, my God. That made me so mad. Like, he put him through the table. Uh, he, he gets up. And then a Claymore kick does it. Come well, they're on. They're trying to get that move over. I get that. but I mean, It's already over. It's a last man standing match, and it's like, <clears> okay. <throat> anyway, moving on to our next topic. Oh, we got a few good ones here. The Miz on SmackDown this week went full on Stone Cold and <laughs> kicked the shit out of security. You know, got into a full Pier Six brawl with the entire entirety of Sanity. Uh, beat the shit out of Dan Terry, Vern Vicalo, Don Vega, Teddy Goods, uh, Channing Thomas, I believe. Uh, uh, Chico Adams as well. Chico Adams was in there, and wasn't uh, Ilya Markopoulos in there too? I think. Uh, I believe so. Yes. I think Ilya was in there too. Uh, but man, you yeah, you fucking jumped out to the Miz. Miz, you guys fucking suck. Right? <laughs> well, Dan Terry was particularly proud of it on social media. So. Uh, <laughs> but then again, he's also tried to sell shit staying tights on social media. So who the fuck knows with Dan Terry? He's a weird. Uh, anyway. <laughs> That's the most time anybody spent talking about Dan Terry on a wrestling <laughs> in history. You are, congr- you are welcome, sir, for that tremendous push. Um, anyway, uh, what did you think about this segment? Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Oh, hold on. Let me let me backtrack a little bit here. Uh, the Miz promo was okay. Uh, the the beatdown took a little bit, and then... It almost seemed like they cut away from Miz too soon. It almost seemed like they should it, it just ended. Like, that's all it was. Shane was still kind of on the stage, so to speak. And then Miz got done beating up all the people. And then they just cut to the commentators. And it's have Miz chase Shane off the ramp. And do something backstage with chain jumps in the limo and gets the hell out of there or something. It just seemed to end way too abruptly to me. Um, but goddamn, they are trying to push the Miz to the fucking moon with this babyface push. I mean, if he continues to do it, awesome. Let's make it better than your last tri- babyface try. But um, the crowd seemed okay, not as amped as last week's promo but uh, it was overall um it, it was it was all right it was good all right so here was my problem is that this <clears throat> just that type of thing doesn't suit the miz character like <clears throat> the miz has never been presented as a badass like let's go take out the entire security force that's just not the type of performer he is and it just seemed forced and uncomfortable and not it pushed the boundaries of what's realistic for that character for me um, and sort of took away from it. Now, the whole point here was to push the notion that they're going to have a Falls Count Anywhere match. And... So Jay Shane can jump off something really yeah. high. Well, no, and the reality is this match is going to be far better served with that stipulation. Yes. They should never even get to the ring. They should just, Somebody should jump somebody on the entranceway 
and they should just brawl right to the back. This thing should never, ever get to the ring. I think it'll start, but it'll immediately go to the outside. It should Immediately. I, I would say less than 10% of that match should take place in the ring. Like, I'm talking, like, bell rings, Miz tackles Shane, they roll to the outside. That's how fast they're going to start going out. Yeah. Because if he's talking about beating them all over MetLife Stadium, then That's big he's got a lot of fucking space to cover in that building. No, I, I, I just, <clears throat> the whole segment was, it was fine. It just felt like casting the Miz in that Stone Cold role just didn't didn't do anything. Yeah, me. yeah, I, I, I agree 100%, because like you said, it was almost a little awkward mm-hmm. like it was just like and then to have shelton benjamin and sanity and uh primo was it primo yeah it was one of them oh my god <laughs> like what the fuck are you I, doing there i think even the announcers couldn't remember his name because i don't think they ever actually said <laughs> that's so bad but don't do that to shelton benjamin and sanity my god I will say the thought with Shelton was Shelton was beating him up and then Miz just shoved him into the post. So it was sort of a face thing for Shelton, yeah. Yeah, it's not like uh, Shelton was beating the shit out of him and then Miz just came back with a fire. It it made sense. Yeah. So my guess is they'll probably go with Shelton and uh, Miz after Mania. We'll see. I hope so. I'd like to see Shelton get something significant. Well deserved. Okay, that's going to bring us to our last topic this week from Raw. We've got two. We're going to get. We're going to save the last two from SmackDown. But this is interesting. Hunter Hearst Helmsley came out on Monday Night Raw and cut a promo on Batista. Now, I was of the belief that Batista's promo last week on Raw was fucking hot garbage. Um, didn't like it. Wasn't a fan. Here's the thing, if you remember, if you listen back to the show when this program started, I said the promos were going to fucking carry it, because the in-ring work wasn't going to be there, but that the promos and the story they could tell would be fantastic. Yep. And this has been 100% let down in that regard. Um, Monday Night did the same thing, because Hunter came out, and I will say this, he started with with you know the letter getting stuck in his thing, and then he's reading it, and he's doing the Spice Girls joke. And I fucking popped you for that. That made me fucking I laugh. Too. I did too. And I also popped for the fact that he's like, you said you, you hid behind me to protect yourself in evolution. Like, you, you just figured that out, Dave? Good on you. Like, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. That's what I did. Uh, I thought all of that was great, and it was funny, and it made me pop. The problem is, much like I said with The Miz, this feud doesn't need humor. This is supposed to be a blood feud. This is supposed to be two guys that want to kill each other. This is supposed to be a guy trying to avenge a 70-year-old man getting his ass kicked, and he's making Spice Girls jokes. The shit does not fit the program, the story that they're trying to tell. You need to... The the first promo Hunter cut, the week after it happened, when he came to the ring solo, and he cut the promo on Dave, and he said, I'm not, I'm not Hunter... I'm just a guy who's going to go to war for his best friend, that 70-year-old man you left laying, and I will end you. That was the fucking promo. That was the tone this needed to have. It didn't need jokes. It shouldn't have had jokes. And to me, that segment, as funny as it was, and like I said, I popped for it too. I laughed at a couple points, but it did nothing to further this story, and it made me less interested in this match. Okay, so to your point on the uh, comedic part, um, yeah, it, it was good, but yeah... It needs to be that brutal blood feud. It, it can't have the comedy. But at the same time, how do you do that when they're not face to face? It's kind of tough to do that. Like, Triple for instance, H did it the first fucking week. 
No, Batista tried to do it last week, but failed miserably at it. Uh, And then people fucking made that goddamn Spice Spice Girl song pop up, and Trips went with it. But But that was the that was the one fucking week they were face to face, and that was awful too. uh, What I think is the problem is with this week's Triple H promo. He's conforming to the interwebs of the, the internet fans. He's why he's catching up with the videos. He's doing all this stuff. Or in I mean, but then again, he has his scripts written. I'm sure, but yeah, it, it should be that blood. I'm gonna fucking murder your face off. Ask feud. Um, and yeah, the, this week's this week's uh, promo was not that great. And at one point, after <clears throat> Triple H like had his head down and was like bobbing back and forth, his head and was like weaving his hand, waving his hands. I honestly thought he was making a rap album. <laughs> I was like, is he rapping? What the fuck is he doing? But it's <clears throat> it, I, I find it tough. Like when Trips and Taker were having their in ring. Uh, promos together. I was fucking locked in, dead on those things because they were face to face. You didn't, you, you didn't know if they were going to touch each other. You didn't know if they were just going to talk shit. When they're not face to face, I find it very difficult. That's my opinion on that. Again, <laughs> and, and we go back to similar to what I said with the Dean Ambrose thing. The Rock and John Cena had tremendous via satellite promos, and they worked it into it, and it yeah. still built heat. The right performers, done in the right way, you can make it work no matter what. And like I said, I think Triple H made that exact promo work the first week and then went away from it. And I don't understand why. I praised that promo on this very show to no end. I said, I wish more guys could cut that promo on this roster. And and then they went completely away from it. And they went. Well, for... after the comedic relief, it got pretty serious. It did, but you'd already set the tone. You set yeah. the tone with humor, and, and it's hard to flick that but, uh, believably back to humor. Yeah, but with humor comes anger. So, I mean, like I said, he was trying to crack jokes, but throw his DX-esque side into it, which he shouldn't have. It should have been Triple H. It should have been the game. It should have been the ass kicker, not... Joke around, DX guy, but he, eh, he, 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 I thought the promo was good, but yeah, it could have definitely gone without the comedic relief. Yeah, I think that's all I was really saying about it. To me, it just took a lot away from what this segment should have been. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I don't know who's gonna win that. Uh, do you think this is gonna be Triple H's last match? Come on. Never know. Again. Am I throw a fucking swerve, man? Again, Ginger. Who's going to be there on Monday? It ain't going to be Batista. Anyway. <laughs> moving, fucking point again. <laughs> it's going to be a recurring theme for the next couple of weeks, guaranteed. One person who won't be there on Monday because he wrestles on Tuesdays. Kofi Kingston earned, finally, <laughs> the spot we all knew was coming. <laughs> The New Day ran the tag team gauntlet to get Kofi into the main event of WrestleMania. He will officially face Daniel Bryan for the championship. I thought this was a fucking thing of beauty, the way this was done. Um, 
But I'll get to those points in a minute. Ginger, what did you think about this? Loved it. Well, I can't say I loved it because if you're going to – I understand what story they're trying to tell with Xavier and Big E <clears throat> trying to you know stick up for Kofi and all this stuff. But Kofi ran a gauntlet. Yes, he lost. But – it just, I don't know, <clears throat> it didn't, it, it kind of, it put a slight damper on Kofi's momentum, in my opinion. It, it gained it, obviously, for the crowd, because they were going fucking nuts once, once, it, once it happened, but, I don't know, it... <sighs> It should have been Kofi deserving it, not his tag team partners. Ah, welcome. You step into my web, sir. I was exactly hoping you were going to say that because I've heard people say that. Here's the thing. This is why I said this was a thing of beauty because I want you to not only think in the scope of what happened on Tuesday and what it led to at WrestleMania. I want you to think past WrestleMania because I've advocated and pushed on this show for the notion of a big E heel turn on Kofi. Oh, yeah. the thing. After WrestleMania, after WrestleMania, whether it's the next week or after a, or Kofi has a program in between, Big E turns on him. And the story that they tell is that Big E says, listen, you, you didn't deserve that championship. I got you that championship. Mm-hmm. Without me, you don't get that match. And do you thank me and repay me by giving me a title shot? No, you're ah. selfish. I went out there and I busted my ass to get you that title shot. You didn't earn that title shot. I earned that title shot, and I gave it to you. That yep. is fucking brilliant storytelling. That's got to be where they were going with this. And if they don't go there with that, oh my god. Then they're missing money. They're, they're just handing away <sighs> money. Um, because that's the only logical explanation I can think of for having the the New Day win him the title shot. And, again, and I think that's why Vince had a smirk on and, his face. As But again, and I've said it on before, that has Pritchard's hands all over it to me. Oh yeah. That's a Pritchard style of booking. And, and we're fucking seeing more brilliant. Of it, more of it. And I am so glad that we're seeing that. And, and it, it's clear to me that he has a higher influence on the SmackDown brand, at least right now, than on, on yeah. Raw. Yep. Um, but that, that to me, is, is beautiful, long-term storytelling. And something that they do. They are planting seeds for something months down the road, rather than flying by the seat of their pants. Which we'll get to in just a minute with our next topic. But... So- uh, <laughs> Uh, when, uh, when does the heel turn happen for Big E? Though I don't think it happens. I think Kofi feuds with somebody else. I could see and, that. Yeah, and then I think the the something's gonna transpire, obviously. And I don't know when the right time will be to do it. Because if you have another feud or after Mania, do you have Kofi do a feud till I don't know, give or take SummerSlam or something, and have Big E screw him over, or do you have Big E <clears throat> help him? You know, he, he he wins a wins a match, and then after that match, Big E turns heel. 
when do you, when is the right moment for that to happen? It, it's funny because I just last night or two nights ago uh, recorded the latest edition of WrestleMania Salvation uh, with Sal. It's gonna drop, I believe, the first of the month of April. Um, but we on that on WrestleMania 25, which we covered, they had the Jeff Hardy versus Matt Hardy match. Uh, the one you may remember being centered around Matt Hardy killing Jeff Hardy's dog by setting his house on fire. Um, Trying to kill him. Yeah, it was as ridiculous as it sounds, and we go balls deep on that, so don't worry about it. Uh, but the one thing that I remember from that program, from that feud, is that Jeff Hardy had the belt. And the storyline was built around Matt Hardy costing him the belt, and then they went to WrestleMania. And I sort of see the same thing. Because I don't think, and I love the Kofi Mania thing. I think they've caught lightning in a bottle and they've run with it. I don't think Kofi is going to have, I do think he's going to win the title. I don't think he's going to have a long run at, at the top. I think it's going to be sort of a transitional thing. He'll be short term. I wouldn't shock me if Daniel Bryan won it back quickly. They're going to capitalize on the, the huge <coughs> momentum and probably cash in those chips very quickly. Oh, yeah. Um, but the best way you can do that is to have Big E turn on him and cost him the title. Oh yeah, and but, that's, and that's and that's how I think I see it playing out. I do think Kofi will have a program in between. I do think Kofi will lose the title quickly, maybe even in that first program, not the first match necessarily. No, um, but the first program, probably maybe the second or third month of the next program, whoever it's mm-hmm. with, I don't even know, um, and or maybe a, a newly turned heel Kevin Owens. I could see that too. Um, and I think that's where Big E turns on him. And I think that's that's where we start this program. And I don't think it's a program for the heavyweight title, but it could be a program that elevates Big E to that heavyweight title level. Yeah, I mean, and who knows? I mean, if they they could be building up to have Big E, because it was back to this fucking rumor bullshit. Rumor was, I think it was earlier or mid last year, Vince was starting to get big on Big E. So, I mean, who knows? He... He, this, he just needs one match in the Tokyo Dome. That's it. Fucking A. Um, so I give you All this question. Uh, I, get, I, 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 I give you this question. What do you do with Xavier Woods? Uh, Xavier probably, for me, stays with Kofi. And yeah, after run as a tag the, after team. The, after the Kofi Big E thing, I think they sort of stay together as a tag team. I think Big E's the most sustainable as a singles guy at this point in his career. Yeah. Um, because I, otherwise, I think you run the risk of Xavier sort of being that fringe sort of 205 live kind of guy, and I don't think they want to have that. No. There's too much no. money left in these guys, even as a even oh, as a Big yeah. E. So. My my yeah, biggest I've... problem, my biggest fucking problem with this whole thing, Ginger, and and the thing that sort of took me out of every piece of momentum they built going into Tuesday, was the first fucking thing I hear on SmackDown on Tuesday was, Mohegan Sun, clap your like no, and then they're fucking dancing and throwing pancakes, and what the fuck? Why are we throwing pancakes? You just got. You just got screwed out of the title match at WrestleMania. You all just threatened to quit, to come to the ring and fucking quit. And that was the tenor and and part of the promo you were about to cut was that it was time to quit. And you came out dancing and throwing pancakes? Took it took me completely out of it right off the bat. Um Do you do you, do you not know who you're talking about? It's the power of positivity, brother. 
no, no. Got to be pissed off in that scenario. Uh, yes, no, that, I, that, I agree. You have to 100%. sell the angle from before. Yeah, no, I agree a thousand percent with that because, like you said, you're getting ready to fucking quit. You're not happy, jolly, all this, yeah, throw pancakes, let's dance, let's shake our hips. No. You simply walk out to the ring. Even they, they shouldn't even had music. They should have just basically fucking walked Storm out in street clothes. Street clothes, yep, absolutely. Street clothes, yep. and just be like, "We're done." And then Vince came out, comes out, and such. But uh, I, I, it, it didn't take much away from it, but it, it took probably about a centimeter off of it. it. It took a little bit more than that for me. I mean, it took, like I said, it took me sort of right out of all the anticipation I had right off the back. So I'm like, oh, then they're not taking this actually seriously and running with it and trying to make it credible. It's just, you know, new, new day yeah. shucking and jiving again, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it didn't like it. It didn't work for me. I wanted them pissed off. I wanted them angry. I wanted them like they were when Xavier cut the first promo where he was like, Milton's yes. fucking Louis Farrakhan. And he recruited Kofi to the group. Like that's the fucking promo I wanted on TV. Fucking Malcolm X style. Yes, and I did not get it. And it bummed me out. And I think it took a little bit away from me. I think it would have been well, better. Otherwise. I mean, they, they wouldn't be able to go all the way back to that. Cause no, 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 that's, no, 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 but they were playing. I, I, I get what you're saying. I'm just saying in general. But, but go back to the Big E promo on Twitter. and say People like us have a ceiling of how high they're going to let us get. They, I saw that, and I'm like, that's where they're fucking going. And that's what I was expecting, and that's what I wanted, and that's what I think that story needed. I think it would have benefited greatly from it. Oh, yes. But, hey, you make mistakes. I mean, you can't. Oh, my God, have they made mistakes on the road to WrestleMania this year. <laughs> And that brings us right into it. Right into the last topic before we get to our main event. <sighs> so on God SmackDown. God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> on SmackDown this week, Charlotte Flair defeated Asuka to become the first ever woman to hold a women's championship eight times in the WWE. So first off, congratulations to her. And the match Fuck was that. the match was fantastic. Yes. Really, really good match. These two have great chemistry in the ring together. Mm-hmm. Um, but Asuka, now a former SmackDown Women's Champion, Charlotte will bring the SmackDown Women's title into the main event of WrestleMania with Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch. And Ginger, you had your hand in your head a moment ago, so I will cede the microphone over to you for your take on this match. Oh, God. You know, this has been a very high topic of discussion for us the past few weeks on this podcast. What the fuck are you doing with that championship? My fucking God. Good Lord, people. What are you doing? Um, it's so confusing. I now, after somebody brought it up in our group chats, now I know why they did it. And it's pretty obvious. I won't do a spoiler alert, but... No, go ahead. It's, it, a, it's a theory. Uh, it's pretty fucking obvious what they're right, trying to do. I will spoil do. it then. Troy's theory is that this was done so that at the end of WrestleMania, the visual they can close the show with is the four horsewomen each holding their championship belt high above me. The problem I have with that notion is Charlotte, who will have just lost a match, holding up a championship that she didn't that she didn't win, while Becky holds up a championship in a match that Charlotte lost while trying to win that title is a hard sell for me. Uh, understandable, but I think they're almost 
pushing for the Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero moment in a way at but WrestleMania they 20. They were both faces. They no, no, I, I know. I get that. Each other. It was I a totally different scenario. That. I understand that, but also you have to remember. And for, hold on, for the record, when they did the Eddie Guerrero Dean Malenko, uh, Eddie Guerrero Chris Benoit moment, they didn't bring out fucking Dean Malenko and Perry Saturn to celebrate with them either. They didn't have fucking championships though. That doesn't matter. So why why, why the hell would they come out if they don't have championships? Point, I don't remember, but um, yeah, I, I did the, so you have to have a championship uh, invited to the party. Well, no, 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 no. But I think. For this specific moment, if they're going to go down the four horsewomen route, they're a if they 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 are all going to have a title, and b this is the very first women's match to main event at WrestleMania. That's fucking huge, humongous. I, I understand that it's a huge deal, and it's the worst thing they can do is to at. Is to diminish that moment by throwing all the hard work kayfabe wise these women have put in over the last year to make this happen and throw it completely out the fucking window by having Becky and Charlotte be besties again. We shit all over that notion when Becky picked Charlotte to replace her for the Royal Rumble and gave her a hug in the ring while they were supposed to be in the middle of a fucking death feud. Every one of us on the show shit on that. This is this is worse to me. If that, then what they did there, if they were to do that, I, I, this, just, I cannot see that happening. I this, this will be the, this will be a curtain call kayfabe gimmick right here. I, I can't if they do it. it, I can't see it. I, I, I think, it, I think it you might not be able to see it, but it, the, the only way I see this happening is if Becky and Charlotte shake hands, Rhonda's walking out and then, you know, those two shake hands. Uh, they cry, hopefully touch each other's boobs. Um, then Sasha and ba- uh, yeah Bailey <clears throat> come out, and then you know you're and looking then, for the takeover but, but, Brooklyn moment, the the four horsewomen yes. takeover Brooklyn. So, but they were all faces at that point. Okay, well, Sasha, seen, Sasha but, was healed, but but obviously Becky is going to Raw if she wins the championship, right? Sure, yeah. correct. Okay, so. That means Charlotte will have to be SmackDown's babyface. There's no, there's no other babyface woman on awesome. that. that bit. And nobody's buying her. Why do you think they just took the strap off? Of I, her? No, no. So here's the here's the other part of it. Hold on, hold. Let, let, let me finish my right, point. If Becky goes to Raw, that means Charlotte and Becky will not touch each other for a very long time in the ring. So it, it kind of makes sense in that fashion. Okay. So, I, 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 and I understand there are going to people that are going to sit here and say, well, you, you mentioned TakeOver Brooklyn and Bailey had just beaten Sasha and they all got in the ring and hugged and blah, blah, blah. And I a little bit that. of a different story. Exactly. It's NXT. They break kayfabe in NXT all the time. That's, that's Triple H. That's not Vince. Vince doesn't tend to do that shit on his shows. Least of all his biggest show of the year. Least of all when the entire world is watching to see the first women's main event of WrestleMania. That's going to be the moment that's going to get headlines on ESPN. I just, I have a hard time seeing it. You guys could be 100% right. But I, I, I don't see Vince, knowing Vince and knowing how he has opted at many opportunities to do something similar, hasn't done it. Um... 
we'll see. And I could completely eat shit on this one and be 100% wrong. And if I am, I'll, I'll totally own it. I have a hard oh, time. It's not like you're it, – it's not a bad thing that you don't want it or think it's going to happen. That's not a bad thing. Hey. My, my take <laughs> on it, my, my theory, at least in the moment, and some people say, oh, they've, they've already said that Charlotte's belt's not on the line. I, again. They say a lot of things. They've said a lot of things on this way to WrestleMania that have changed in a week. So there are rumors and reports that perhaps Ronda Rousey will be sticking around a little longer than people thought. And if that's the case, Vince may want to keep the belt on Ronda Rousey. But how do you have that big, glorious closing moment at WrestleMania if you keep that title on Ronda Rousey? Well, I'll tell you how you do it. You put Charlotte's belt on the line, too. And whoever wins, pins whatever champion wins that title. And Becky still gets to hold up a belt at the end of WrestleMania by pinning Charlotte and taking the SmackDown women's title. I can see that scenario. I can uh, buy I, that scenario. Unless they're going to unify them, but then that means I don't think that. They're unify them. And that was the first thing a lot of people said. I don't see that happening yeah. because with the brand split, with Raw going to, with Raw staying on USA and SmackDown going to Fox, each company is. Each broadcast partner is going to want a championship for their brand. Oh, their brand. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I don't see that happening. I'd be curious, actually, to see what happens with the um, women's tag titles as, you know, they, neither brand owns those those two performers while they have oh, the they're, they're just they're just going to make them travel. I don't know if they're even going to travel. I think I wouldn't shock me to see them sort of settle in on one brand and maybe say they'll travel and they'll face somebody at a pay-per-view when it's not broadcast on Fox. But I, I get the impression Fox wants the Fox talent and the USA talent to be separate. But we'll see. I could be wrong. That's just the, the stories I'm hearing. Yeah, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they play all that shit out. But we'll find out. Right. And, and of course, the interesting part was when, when we heard all the lead up to uh, the presentation that Fox wants. They want a realistic presentation. They mm-hmm. want fighting presented like a real sport. And the thing that I remember hearing a couple times when they had that discussion was it's very likely they will move Ronda Rousey to SmackDown for that reason. Except SmackDown isn't going to be moving to to Fox until well after WrestleMania. So if the plan has been for Rousey to be on Fox, that tells me she's not leaving at WrestleMania. She's not going away. And if that's the case, then like I said, I can very easily see a scenario where both Ronda and Becky leave WrestleMania with championships, and that is why this other title was introduced into the mix. Now, for those people, and there's been a lot of anger and hostility towards people who think Asuka got screwed on this scenario, let me ask you this question. What's better for Asuka? This 20-minute sort of classic match she had with Charlotte on SmackDown, where she she lost the title, that plays a role into the first women's main event at WrestleMania, or carrying a title that clearly means nothing and facing Mandy Rose on the kickoff show of WrestleMania in front of a crowd that hasn't arrived yet. What's better for the branding of that championship? And we could sit here and debate all along that they should have given Asuka a better program going into it, but here's the thing. With who? Once the decision was made that Charlotte was going to be part of this triple threat, I think that's where the mistake was made. Because Uh if if Charlotte's fighting Asuka for the championship and Becky's fighting Ronda, you can have that moment that Troy's talking about and still have it make sense. 
because Charlotte can win the title from Oscar earlier in the show. Becky can win the title from Ronda. They, they didn't just compete against each other. They can celebrate with each other. That yep. makes much more sense. But once that decision was made and once Charlotte was in that main event, who was left for Asuka that was going to be a serious threat? The one thing I think they could have done that they chose clearly not to, if you're going to have the Beth Phoenix return, have Beth Phoenix do a one-off program with Asuka and have that be Asuka's match. Because there's nobody else on that SmackDown roster. I, I was a proponent of putting Ember Moon in that spot. and But once Ember got hurt, that became that wasn't an option anymore. And then I was a proponent of the idea of bringing in a legend to fight Asuka. They clearly didn't make that work. But once that stuff was all off the table, what's left? Do you really want to have... Are you really so enamored with Asuka's title run at this point that your life isn't complete unless she defends the title against Mandy Rose? Or fucking Sonya Deville or Carmella? Like, is that really what you want representing women's wrestling on a match, on a, on a card? It's going to be main evented by three of the best performers in the company. To me, you don't want another women's match on there that's less than. Um, and that's just sort of my take. I don't have a problem with it. And I think Asuka got to shine in that match. I think it was that match was a tremendous matchup. Um, and I think Asuka will be square flat right back in the mix once the uh, WrestleMania season is over. She's got a built-in feud with Charlotte as soon as WrestleMania is over if Charlotte carries that belt out of there, or Becky if Becky wins it. If Becky wins it, let's say let's say my theory proves correct and Becky walks out with the SmackDown title. You've got the built-in program because Asuka made her tap at the Royal Rumble. She's carrying Asuka's belt. Asuka made her tap at the Royal Rumble. There you go, right back into another classic program with those two. Charlotte comes back. Well, she she's due for her rematch. I know there's no automatic rematches, but let's be honest, they're still having them. They're still <laughs> happening. So they can say there are no automatic rematches, but everybody's still getting automatic rematches. Asuka will get that shot. Oh, yeah. I, I think Asuka was better served, and this may be an unpopular opinion, but I think Asuka was better served getting the highlight of that amazing match with Charlotte rather than getting to say she was at WrestleMania working Mandy Rose and probably dropping the title to Mandy Rose at WrestleMania. Yeah. I, and it, for, those, it, for those who are unaware, Mandy Rose was supposed to win that Four Corners match. Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, uh, you basically nailed everything right on the head with what you just said. But do you almost feel bad that they just couldn't have said, hey – why don't we do this for a storyline? How about Asuka wants her revenge on Charlotte for giving her her first loss at WrestleMania last year and just have the title on the line and do that instead of having Charlotte Flair in the fucking mat, in, in the triple threat. That's what, they, that's what they should have done. But I will say yeah. this in defense of that notion, the plan all along for WrestleMania was Ronda and Charlotte. That was always the plan to main event this WrestleMania. Going back to last year's WrestleMania, that was the oh, plan yeah. for this WrestleMania. That's why, in large part, Charlotte ended Oscar's streak at WrestleMania last year. Becky crashed the party, and to their yeah. credit, they ran her, they ran with it, and put her in the match. Thank but God. for those of you who are pissed that Charlotte was inserted into Becky's match, it's actually the other way around. 
Becky was inserted into Charlotte's match because this has been Charlotte's match for an entire fucking year. This is where yeah, we were always planning on going. And had Nia Jax not ham-fisted fucking Becky Lynch in the face, we'd be staring at Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania right now. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, no, maybe. Cause, because Becky was hot even before that. Sure, but do you think do you think Becky was going to go over Ronda Rousey at the Royal Rumble or Survivor Series? Sorry, no. Becky Lynch was going to lose that match to Ronda Rousey. Hundred percent, she was going to lose that match. Oh yeah, I know she was going to lose. And, and that's going to cool her off, and you're not going to. She's not going to end up in the WrestleMania match if she's lost to Ronda Rousey at Survivor Series. So we should thank Nia Jax. In a way, if you're a fan of Becky. It's almost undisputable that what happened with Nia made Becky a much bigger star. Oh, uh, that, yeah. it, that image standing in the crowd with the blood streaming down her face made it's her stone awesome. cold. It made her stone cold. Mm-hmm. So Nia Jax, Becky owes a lot to Nia Jax in a really fucked up kind of way that <laughs> only happens in the wrestling business. Yes. But no, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I agree. You, Like I said before, you hit everything right on the head with every fucking every point of that five-minute rant that you took. See, this is why I like having you on, Ginger. You're so much smarter than those other guys. You just admit that I'm right all the time, and I like that. That's that, that works. Well, no, you're not right all the time. I mean, you went out it for fucking 20 minutes about Dean Ambrose. And you conceded the point at the end. So, so you're smart yeah. enough to recognize when you're wrong, and that's so, so refreshing to me. Anyway. <laughs> that doesn't make for fun podcasts, though. <laughs> I think I've had fun, right? <laughs> yes. Nothing more fun than being right. Talking anyway. about listeners. That is going to bring us to our main event. And we talked so much about the upcoming WrestleMania season. I thought it would be nice to sort of get a little separation from specific angles and storylines and talk about something in a little more broad, general terms. So our topic this week for the main event is, Ginger, you've worked in the wrestling business for a while now. I have as well. I'm curious to hear your take on this. As a whole, would you say that social media has helped or hurt the wrestling business? a mix i know it's a mix but i'm saying like if you had to narrow it down has it hurt more or helped more but, that's why it's a that's why it's the main event it's a hard question to answer okay so let's go all the way back to when the internet was first created we do not have that kind of fucking time sir hold <laughs> oh, no, no, on i'm just gonna do a quick time or in in what i think the internet ruined the spectacle of professional wrestling. Kayfabe was 100% murdered by the internet. This has always been my opinion. I mean, yes, granted, people knew after, I don't know, 91, 92, after, you know, oh, it's all fucking storylines. But the internet completely fucked everything up. It fucked everything up. It has hurt. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I can't. I can't flip to either side. All right. Well, I can't. Then allow me to step in because I can give you the answer. The answer is, it, it has done far more good for professional wrestling than it has done bad. I see. I already know why you're going to say that, but go ahead. And you're like me. You're an old school guy, and and you love the notion of kayfabe, and we we were fortunate enough to both work for a company where kayfabe is something that we do still Mm -hmm. um, 
take great pride in. Absolutely. But part of that trade-off is that by virtue of, of that loss of kayfabe, we have built so many more fucking stars in the world of professional wrestling that would have never been stars before. The birth yep. of the internet has allowed guys like Joey Ryan to become instant wrestling stars. Without Ugh, the internet, yuck. you can dislike him, but you know what? His presence He's over. His presence on shows makes the boys more money. Mm-hmm. So it is absolutely a boon for wrestling. There, without the internet, there is no Young Bucks. There is no Kenny Omega. New Japan isn't making any money, or at least mm-hmm. not any money in this country. Ring yep. of Honor is, is, is just a pretty good indie without the yep. internet. You know, some of the best young talent in the wrestling business today, a guy like Josh Briggs, there's no way he's already working for Evolve. And by the way, Josh, get get healthy, man. That sucks. And, and we're, we're thinking of you, buddy. Um, but he's not working for Evolve without the internet, without that putting him over. A guy as talented as he is, like the retrosexual Anthony Green, without the internet and some of that shit getting out there and leaked to places he would he's never traveled to. They know him in those places. He can show up halfway around the country, and people will fucking know who he is because of the internet, because of social media. You can say, and and specifically, so, so let me, specifically let me the ask... question was, has social media helped? The internet had already killed kayfabe by the time social media really took hold. Anyway, that ship, that 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 horse was already out of the barn. So, so to your point, what you're basically saying is, the internet helped people, helped the workers, but hurt the business. No, no, because I think more talented workers is better for the business. I think more guys. Oh yeah, well yeah. I mean, I think obviously. more guys making money is better for the business. I think more people being exposed to your product is better for the business. I think all those things have made the business. You can sit back and argue the kayfabe thing as much as you want, and I won't necessarily disagree with anything you'll say in that regard. But Mm -hmm. that said, we are currently in the middle of the next great boom for professional wrestling. And Are we there already? we're, We're smack dab in the middle of it, dude. Everybody's making money on the indies right now. Yep. Indie promotions are running Madison Square fucking Garden. We are absolutely in the middle of a wrestling boom right now. There is zero debate about that. Oh, yeah. And that doesn't happen without social media. That does not happen. We haven't seen this type of mainstream acceptance and support for professional wrestling since Austin and The Rock and the Attitude Era and the Monday Night Wars. And we have got it took us a while. There was a big lull in between there. And we are fucking back, baby. And it's due in huge part to social media. So... Yes, there are aspects of social media that have hurt the business, but it has done far, far, far more fucking good than it has done bad, in my yep. opinion. Yeah. Um, so uh, I can't officially 100% flip either. I can't. I can't fucking answer that. I cannot go to one side of the, the fence. I can't. I'm literally sitting with a pole up my ass, one leg on each side. Because I can't fucking pick. Like, because social media brought out the stupid people as well. It brought out the fucking yard tards. I mean, they were always there. I, I, but, look, Ginger, I was fucking doing backyard wrestling before. Oh, every, every social media, fucking every, every indie wrestler today 
did backyard wrestling. Pretty much. Even if they deny it to the fucking fullest. Every single fucking oh, one did it in the backyard. Yeah. Or they did I did I, it in the yeah, fucking I, I did it in the fucking boxing ring at the Boys and Girls Club in Somerville and that shit was hard. Oh yeah, I did it in the fu- it, literally in a yard. I didn't even have a fucking ring. I did it on the ground. Landed on the ground. And I mean, you know, the the uh, back to the backyard shit. I mean, you get you get the customs, which is one thing of its own, but that's another thing that the internet has helped. Next time you talk to Derek, ask him about the uh, Christmas party at the Bell Time Club. That's all I'm saying. Oh no! <laughs> at least it wasn't our ring. That's all I give a shit about. Um, but <laughs> Jesus Christ! But overall, social media, yes, it has helped talent. It, you have. I could go on my phone right now and watch the Macho Man Randy Savage and Ricky Steamboat match from WrestleMania. Oh shit, three. WrestleMania 3? Okay. WrestleMania 3. Right now, boom. I can look it up on my phone, boom, I have it. I can go back and watch Rock vs. Austin WrestleMania 17, which I just did the other day. Boom. I have it there. I can watch whatever the fuck I want. We'll we'll start watching WrestleMania 26, because we're putting you on deck for the next episode of Salvation. Go ahead. Oh, boy. (laughs) I don't even fucking remember that one. Um, But, yes, it it has helped it. It fucks over some talent by the stupid shit they do, but that's their own stupidity. What do you mean you are in fucked the... them over, though? Well, maybe not fuck them. Well, because, I mean, look, at, look at the female talents. Look at the female talents. Sure, sure. And, and you know what I mean? To that point, again, it's embarrassing and it's humiliating for them and it sucks. At the same time, they are... It's brought more... people to watch them. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, it goes to that old saying that there's no such thing as bad press. Yes, if, bad, they're being, yeah. if they're being tough here, they're talking about you. That's going to put money in your bank account. Oh yeah. So Agreed again, 100%. every every point you make is a negative for social media. Ultimately, oh, comes back to being a positive. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, it, but it, it it sucks for them. It sucks for the females because that's their own personal stuff. Which, in my opinion, I, look, once it, you take the picture, delete it. No, and, and there's definitely a culpability if you allow pictures of yourself to be sort of taken. You have, as a celebrity, you have to sort of understand that there there is that risk, and if you run that risk, you know, it, it sucks, but yes. you put yourself in a bad spot. So, uh, but this is also a business where even to this day, you know, I watch Sasha Banks make her entrance, and she's still shaking her little ass out there as she's making her entrance. So as much as we sit here and talk about women's revolution, Tessa Blanchard is still shaking her ass on the entrance. Every time she comes to the ring, as good a worker as she is, Sasha Bailey still there. Charlotte's tits are still on full display every time she's out there. <laughs> right so, at the pop. So, so they still, they still know where there's money to be made, and they still utilize what they can. I mean, have you ever watched how Alexa Bliss comes out for the moment of bliss? She makes oh. a point to fucking make sure that camera gets a good shot of her ass as she oh. makes that entrance. Excuse me so, for thirty seconds. <laughs> Troy was like a minute and a half last night. You're at 30 seconds. Jesus Christ, nobody has any stamina on this fucking network. Uh, that's giving myself credit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, so there's still money to be made in that, and they, they utilize it. And so oh, absolutely. Yeah, they the, make more money by utilizing that stuff. Always more money to make in this business, regardless of what the fuck you're doing. There's always money to make. 
And yes, those 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 pictures help them. It's embarrassing, but it helps. So overall, social media has been good for professional <laughs> wrestling. It's been more good than it's been bad. It has ruined friendships, though. Friendships were being ruined before social media. No, yes, but it's 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 multiplied it now. I I guess maybe. Yeah, sure. And uh, I mean, I hate not, to say that, it, but that's not. I mean, wrestling is just a microcosm of that. That's not yeah, specific but... to the wrestling industry. It's ruined friendships and because it's been a part of bullying, and that's an awful thing. And that's a, t- a totally different discussion. I have lost friends in this business that I knew for way before. Yeah. We all have. So it sucks because of the business. Not not. It wasn't a personal dispute. It was because of this business. Sure, we all have. Yeah, and that's what I mean. So it, it ruins friendships. But that should, people were backstabbing and talking in locker rooms before oh, yeah. social media was ever a thing. It's just more public now. Yeah, it's more it, it's more public, but and and that's a negative of social media. Sure. And again, yeah, I'm not saying I mean. there are no negatives attached to it. Oh the yeah, point, the point is it, it's more positive. The, yes, the positive. Thank you. You just okay. So it's, now we're on the it's same. It's more page. positive. Yes, but there's also a negative because there's no. There's no one side of the fence. The grass is greener on the positive side, but that muddy, mucky shit tends to come up uh, quite a bit on that other side of the fence. Well, we'll uh, we'll have to table that discussion. I'd be curious maybe to hear what some of the other guys said. Actually, I'd be curious to hear what our listeners think. So uh, <laughs> check us out on social media, Rundown Wrestling, I mean, was it Rundown Network. On Twitter, I will get to. We'll give out all the socials at the end. <laughs> uh, the email address: remember, uh, sixty-one rundown seven. If you want to leave a voicemail on the topic, we'd love to hear what the fans think about this. this is a pretty interesting Absolutely, topic, yeah. Um, and a lot of our fans follow us through social media, so they would definitely have that unique take too. Cause they are active and on social media. Uh, Let's so hear check it. out rundownwrestling at gmail.com, sixty-one rundown seven. Leave a voicemail, send an email. Let us know your top, your thoughts, because I would love. I'm really genuinely interested to hear what our fans might hear yeah. and think about whether social media as a whole has helped or hurt the wrestling business more. But that's going to do it for our perfect ten segment, and it is time to find out what is going on in the independent world of professional wrestling. And we'll go to Ginger for our first. Okay. Ginger, Liberty State. Still prepared for this segment. Yeah, I'm very ill prepared. I didn't even have it up. So, Liberty State's wrestling along with Ring of Honor superstar Brian Malone. Brian, Brian Malonis, in conjunction with the Pinkerton Academy class of 2019, proudly brings pro wrestling back to Derry, New Hampshire, at 7 p.m. on March 30th at the Hackler Gymnasium on the campus of Pinkerton Academy. To purchase tickets, uh, to purchase tickets go to astromaniaLSW.com. General admission floor is $20. General admission bleachers are 15 If you purchase tickets online in advance, you'll get early admission on the night of the event. The following matches are Ring of Honor stars The Bouncers, Beer City Bruiser and Brian Malonis versus the Logan Brothers, Brian and Matt. Liberty States Wrestling Championship, the unequaled one, Todd Sopel, who is the champion. Or as Jeff would say, known piece of shit, Todd Sopel. Uh, unequaled piece of shit works too. Uh, <laughs> takes on Vern Vicello. I hope Vern wins. <laughs> uh, 
Not America's sweetheart. Who's booking the show? I guess. <laughs> oh my God! All right, I gotta get through this. Not America's sweetheart. Davian versus the widow Balmont. Johnny Vegas versus the king of dad style, Scotty Slade. And if you haven't Sefferin, seen Scotty Slade's entrance from the recent oh my Cold Fury God, event, go check it out. It's amazing. online. Fucking amazing. Uh, Sethrin with Vanity Vixen versus Pinkerton alumni Bryce Clayton. And just a heads up, Bryce Clayton is coming home from Florida for that matchup. Yes. Robo the Punjabi Lion versus the Son of All. Chase Del Monte versus Nico Silva and many, many more. There's only one many you're gonna end up over overselling this thing. Now, uh, go out support the go out support uh, Brian Malone. He's a great friend of the show. Him and Mike Crockett have been awesome to us at the WPAN. So we want as many people to go out and support this show as we possibly can. But yeah. We, we 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 want to get wrestling popular in New Hampshire again because New Hampshire is a pretty tough state. But if you're so. not in New Hampshire. I encourage you to come see Test of Strength and Heel Shit Apparel at Benu House present Lone Survivor March 30th in Northampton, where I will be riding that commentary desk one more time. So if you're out there, come by, say hi. I'd be happy to meet you. Pre-order tickets now, $15 front row, $10 for general admission. Go to paypal.me slash team SWB. The tickets will be $5 more at the door, so you save yourself a little cash with a pre-order. Doors are at 6 p.m. The first match will start at 7 p.m. The card shakes out like this. It is an armed lumberjack match for the Test of Strength Championship as hard-hitting Bobby Ocean defends his title against Dan DeMann. A <coughs> Test of Strength Tag Team Title Tournament Finals will take place as new champions will be crowned when the Kowalski guys, Jay Freddy and SWB, take on Above the Influence. In a lone survivor, number one contender match for the Test of Strength Championship, five-star Jace, the Dynasty, Bo Douglas, Ray Jazz, Dominic De Niro, Jim Jiggy Sosa, Ryan Frost, Fox Vineyard, and Corey Dillinger will square off for the right to call themselves the number one contender. We will also have a four-way tag team match as the Main State Posse and the Bellow Twins take... I'm sorry. The Main State Posse takes on the Bellow Twins, the Congregation, and the Filthy Family. Thomas Santel issues an open challenge. We have a mixed tag team match as Elijah Six, Mike Skyros, and Kevin Cartwright with Jay Bricks and Richard E. Stone Esquire take on El Jabroni, Rick Recon, and DeJ Simone. Also, JT Dunn will make his Test of Strength debut. Huge card for Test of Strength Wrestling this Saturday, March 30th in Northampton. Check him out. Get ready for your uh, ponchos. ICW has added an early show. Doubleheader number one is a PG-13 event priced right for friends and family of ICW. Ringside at $10, second, third, general, $5. Doors open at 12.30 p.m., bell time at 1 p.m. to 3 p.m.? That's weird. I think the show, I think the early show is 1 p.m. Is 1 to 3. Okay. Bell time. All right. Bell time, Bell time is at 1 p.m., ladies and gentlemen. The show goes till 3 p.m. Yes. The main event, Special Forces Garrison? Garrison Creed? I think it's Garrison. Jesus Christ. Garrison Creed and Blazing Benjamin versus the Foley Foundation. Six-man tag team match, Bear, Osso, Turco, and Mystery Partner, Versus Caribbean Arrogance, Rico De La Vega, Jay Manny, and Chuck. Shoots and Wanderers. That's not Billy and Chuck, Chuck, just so you know. Yes. Shoots and Wanderers, Shooter Marciano and AC Riley with Val Malone. Versus Power and Fight, Drake Daniels and Doc Simmons. 
Resort Life, Captain Spicoli and Andy O'Dickens versus Knight Riders, Damon Knight and Jacob Hoffman. Hassel Hoffman. <laughs> Simon Says with Miss Says versus Kaz Carter. Then, ICW presents Hardcore Deathmatch from the La Pica Lounge on March 31st. Doors open at 4 p.m. My apologies, this is the one you want your ponchos for. Ringside VIP is sold out. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, second and third row is not. $20. General admission, $20. Eight new non-hardcore wrestlers will be put into a Hardcore Deathmatches. The eight will do battle. The eight will do battle to earn a future title shot. Number one is Tyler Sullivan. Number two, Eddie Only. Number three, Jack Blackwell. Number four, Riley Jackson. Number five, Kyle Pro. Number six, Zach McGuire. Number seven, Stonehenge. Number eight, Ricky Noreen. That's just sign in attendance is going to get an A or a B or a C. It's just a matter of which version of hepatitis you catch. Eh, it's going to be a difficult one. Maybe a little mixture of AIDS in there. Match aside for the tournament, thumbtacks and carpet strips. Kyle Pro versus Riley Jackson. A barbed wire bat and boards. Tyler Sullivan versus Jack Blackwell. Barbed wire bat. Oh, Jesus, come on. Fans bring the weapons match. Eddie Only versus Zach McGuire. Kitchen Massacre. Oh, Jesus Christ. The next match is Kitchen Massacre. Stonehenge versus Ricky Noreen. Final four-way elimination, mystery stipulation. Jesus, that was a fucking rough one. This is Sorry why, for that one, Troy. You know, uh, Ginger said a couple weeks ago he didn't uh, didn't uh, do promos that often. I think now he's starting to see why. Well, did you fucking see that shit? <laughs> that was fucking... Uh, all over the place. Uh, you can come and see APW as they return to live action Saturday, April 6th at 6 p.m. when we present Spring Loaded 8 at the Newbury Elks Lodge at 25 Low Street. What a stacked card headlined by the APW heavyweight champion Dynamite Danny Miles defending his title against former champion the Devil's Reject Brandon Webb making his return after, what, two years away from APW? Oh, yeah, too long. The APW New England Championship will be on the line as Demon Ortiz defends against hard-hitting Bobby Ocean. We'll also see the return of Slick Wagner Brown when he takes on the masshole Mike McCarthy in a number one contenders match for the APW New England Championship. Also just announced this week, the team of, what is it, uh... Oh my goodness, I'm blanking on the team name now. Uh, Stiff Mike and uh, Kevin Giles, what are they calling themselves? Oh, Jesus, the Redemption? Something like that. Uh, They're going to take on the Dick Busters in a battle of tag teams who don't like each other. So you definitely want to check that one out. Uh, you can get your tickets now before they're sold out. Go to Atlantic Pro Wrestling on Facebook or visit AtlanticProWrestling.com for more details on how you can be a part of Spring Loaded 8 on April 6th. And that is going to do it for the rundown for this Thursday, March 21st. Please, 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 if you're listening here, if you came and joined us for our Hot Woman Tournament, if you're a new fan, please, please, wherever you platform you listen to us on, Throw us a review. Give us five stars. It helps us out so, so much. Um, and any review that we get, we will read on the show. If you give us a five-star review that tells us you want us to eat shit and spit it into each other's mouths, we will read that shit on air. We're not above that. <laughs> we will we will do that. So anything you get. I might even actually do it. Any review you give us with five stars, we're going to read that shit on air. I'm going to probably, probably do it, but <laughs> one of us is going to read it on air. 
Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Network. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Rundown Wrestling. You can email the show. Troy wants dick pics. I want your thoughts on the social media question from earlier. I want vagina pics. That too. Twat shots is what we call them. You can, you can send those to RundownWrestling at gmail.com or our brand spanking new Instagram page, Instagram.com slash Rundown Wrestling. Leave us a voicemail, 617-863-6967. That is 61 Rundown 7. Also, we are on Patreon. Head over to Patreon.com slash Rundown Wrestling to become a patron. I believe we've got a new patron this week, so thank you very much to Mm -hmm. him. All patrons will receive early access to the shows on the Rundown feed, as well as some swag and original content. Speaking of original content, I believe there is rumor that we might have the rundown take review of the first edition of the Bella Twins podcast. And if you've heard discussions of the Bella Twins on this show, that is a podcast review you want to hear. Uh, all that for at the minimum level at $5. We have a $10 level and a $20 level. The $20 level gets you everything we talked about earlier, plus the free T-shirt, the free Rundown Wrestling Network T-shirt. And that is a pretty sweet swag pack. Check out our website, rundownwrestling.com, for information on all of our great shows, such as the Nitro Mania podcast, Hurry Up and Cruise Await, Making the Grade, NXT Revisited, Ring of Honor, Dishonorable Discharge, and <coughs> WrestleMania Salvation. Also, you can go to our website to vote for the hottest women in WWE tournament. That vote takes place every day. There is a new matchup, so hit the site every day. Let your voice be heard. Listen to our friends, the Kingpin, Brian Malonis, and Mike Crockett on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing with new podcasts dropping every single Monday. Go to Facebook.com slash the WPAN or the WPAN.com. Check out our friend Justin Michaels on his show, Yesterland Waltz. Go to YesterlandWaltz.com or watch it on your Roku through the RNTV app or the 24-7 Retro app. You can follow our hosts on Twitter. That's me at Jay Stewart. That's J-S-T-U-A-R-T 0920 at Rockstar Troy at Johnny Analog at Ginger 1987-6. The fuck is that? What year were you born in, dude? <laughs> I'm from the future, bro. Clearly. Or at MSS Miss New Booty. Thanks to all of you for listening. Thanks to Ginger. Thank you for having me on. Uh, I didn't think we were going to discuss Dean Ambrose that long, but hey, uh, I think it made for some good stuff. Hit, hit up that last <coughs> Twitter address I gave, and you can thank me later. Absolutely. Thanks. So I'm not going to thank myself for my theme song, but it is a hell of a theme song. Next week, we are on the we are smack dab on the off-ramp of the Hershey Highway to WrestleMania, and we are going to bring you our... NXT, TakeOver New York, and our WrestleMania predictions. It is a mega prediction show next week. You do not want to miss it. But I guess for the time being, that means we will see you next Thursday. Bye. This has been a production of the Rundown Wrestling Network. If you are interested in having your podcast join the Rundown Wrestling Network, please email us via rundownwrestling at gmail.com for more information. And thank you for listening. <laughs>